0: Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Okay, start an Airbnb, they say. It'll be fun, they say. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is our fifth renter, and I'm going to lay out the facts for you, and you can decide whether this person was trying to run a scam, or did they potentially have OCD? Not from, I'm not This is a whole episode about ADHD, so we're not critiquing if it is. Honestly, it would help my brain if that's what happened to go, oh, okie dokie. So here's a story. I'm going to do my best to not make this a Lauren story that lasts eight minutes long. Um, But, you know, there are some details that are very important. Okay, so it's Monday and I am training in our cleaning lady. Um, so I can hopefully stop cleaning this damn place. I thought it was gonna be fun. It's not fun. Um, there's a couple reasons it's not fun. Oh, here we go in a Lauren story. Um, it's already very clean. When you come, I mean, luckily so far, everybody has been so polite. Uh, you walk in and it's cleaner than my house is 99.9% of the time before I have to clean the damn place. So it's just like really weird cleaning things that are already clean and then like you're also looking through the lens of like is that a stray hair oh my gosh like I walk around with a lint brush um like a sticky one and it like as I'm making the bed every single layer I'm like looking for a piece of lint um yeah okay so it's it's kind of stressful it, it's almost it's almost causing a mild OCD of my myself while I'm cleaning it. And then also what's not fun is you don't get to decide when, like I'm cleaning on, I had cleaned it on Monday and then I had cleaned it on Thursday too. And then, so you're like, oh, cool. Let me stop work. And instead of working out, having lunch, I'm going to rush to the Airbnb, clean it because somebody's coming in. So I digress. So I'm hiring this cleaning lady. She owns a bed and breakfast next door. Now, bed and breakfast have stricter cleaning policies than Airbnbs because they're like state licensed and stuff. So like, as I'm like showing her what I do, she's even like, oh, so do you run bleach through that? And I'm like, probably should, huh? And she's like, well, we have to. And I was like, oh, okay. So we clean the place. It is freaking sparkling. We even talk about how good it smells at the end because, you know, here we're using all the chemicals at home. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use my vinegar water, but there it's Pine Sol, it's Windex, yada, yada. Don't come at me. So we're commenting. I, I said like, as a chiropractor, I don't use chemicals in my house, but it's kind of, it takes me back to my childhood when you smell a place that has like been doused in chemicals. And she's like, I totally know what you mean. So we leave people check in the next day. All right. Now this is an important part of this. Okay. Detectives listen. So the next day at noon, the person messages and says, hey, do you have more paper towels? I used a lot cleaning the kitchen and bathroom last night, and I don't think we'll have enough for our entire stay through Thursday. So this is Tuesday. She checked in Monday. Now, I am a part of probably too many Airbnb Facebook groups, and I have seen this scam run multiple, multiple different ways um, where people we stay the entire stay, and then after the fact, will say like, try and put a claim like, oh, it wasn't clean enough. I want a refund. I saw one where the people said that it was so dirty uh that they had to hire a cleaning person to come in. Which, and of course, they say this after the fact, after their stay. Okay, so a red flag goes up where I'm like, what is she talking about? She used all the paper towels. So I'm like, well, we have more paper towels under the sink. Um, did did you, were you just cleaning up generally after yourself or are you saying the kitchen and bathroom were not to your standards? So about 45 minutes goes by, she responds, the place was filthy. It stunk like dogs. Um, there was hair everywhere. She had to scrub down the stove, the stove top, the bathroom, like all these things. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I remember walking into the place and thinking like, Oh, it smells nice in here before I've cleaned. Like, and so I'm like, what? So she goes, here's where we're like, okay, scam or real. She goes, I didn't, I forgot to take pictures before I cleaned everything and did the laundry. And we're like, what? Of course you forgot to take pictures, right? Um but here's a couple I grabbed this morning. So she sends us three photos. Two are like the base of a floor lamp and there is what can only be described as dust, like a little light layer of dust, um maybe a couple carpet fibers and a like stray dog hair. And we're like, "Oh, okay, you know, the people before did have a, you know, Maggie spent most of July there. She's a long-haired golden. Okay, okay." And a single cobweb in the upper like hinge side of a doorway and like wow those are um some pretty occur okay. so Kirby responds very nicely and he's like, you know um sorry that those surfaces like that we missed those um I do wonder because we have forced air and we had the air conditioning on did you see it was a pet friendly house like, Did you see it was a pet friendly listing? Um, I wonder if some of that is just forced air circulating. Um, But we do apologize. Uh, Here are your options. Option one, you can check out today and we will give you a full refund. Now, keep in mind, this is their honeymoon. It is the first full day of their four day stay. And he's like, you can check out, okay? And we will just give you a full refund. Like, just get out of here. If that, if you know, if we're running a scam, I don't want them to try and get a free stay. Option two, we will come out and clean it a second time. Option three, if you've already cleaned it, like you said, he didn't include that, um, for hours on the first night of your honeymoon, anyways, um, then we will just waive the cleaning fee. We'll refund that and you can enjoy the rest of your stay. And so we don't hear anything for a couple hours. So she responds back. Thank you. Uh, So kind. She was so kind. Like, thank you for laying out our options. Uh, We checked out five minutes ago. And we're like, this is weird. So Curb's like, this feels fishy. I'm heading out there. She's like, you know, how do we, how do we get a refund? And so Curb's like, I want to check the place before. So Curb goes out there and he's like, it is like they didn't do anything here there are two towels that are dirty. Um, He had noticed when they checked in, they had brought their own bedding, but the bedding was still stripped and on the floor, like they're asked to do. There is zero garbage, including not in the garbage can outside. You guys, here's the weird thing. The paper towels that she originally started a message with me about were basically as I left them, like not a full, full roll, but a three quarters roll like maybe had used a little bit, but there was most of a roll still. So why was she messaging? And there was a roll underneath the sink. And so it was like, what is going on? So curb's like, well, let's just enjoy the place. So I come out with the kids. We decide like, all right, we get an impromptu here. The place is so clean. Um, but I wouldn't say it's cleaner than we left it, but it's, you know, it's hard. Clean is clean is clean. Like these damn places are Again, cleaner than my house has ever been since the day I moved in. So Herb and I are just racking our brains. So we rake the rock around the gravel pit. There's like these beautiful Adirondack chairs. And every time in between we rake the rock. So there's no footprints. Curb's like, they didn't come down to the lake. They didn't Like step on the rocks. Like they, they, I don't know what they did. Why did they run to Lake Home? And we're just like so baffled. Also feeling with a ton of rejection, right? Like we poured our heart and soul into making this place amazing. And it was so bad that someone left their honeymoon. We're like, oh my God, we're feeling embarrassed. Like, are we crazy? So I, you know, I even talked to the cleaning lady and she's like, hell no. She gets mad. She's like, that place was sparkling. I'm like, I know. So right before bed that night I go to like grab a spoon and I pull out the silverware drawer and the lady had taken paper towel and put it underneath each of the like stacks of silverware in the silverware tray. So this is where I go from, were they running a scam and just trying to like stay the whole time and then afterwards get a free couple nights? Or did she have like OCD? And I do not doubt that like there was a stray dog hair because anybody who owns a dog knows you can, I mean, my rest in peace, Maggie could die today and five years from now, we'd still be finding little pieces of her hair in our house. And so that's why we're very like, hey, this is a dog friendly listing. This is a thing we've chosen. Um, And so like, okay, did she see like, Strand of hair, and that's set off. The counters aren't clean, everything's not clean, and set off like a little OCD. I don't know. But it was weird. And it's only our fifth person, and we're like kind of waiting for this. But she was so polite in the like refund process. And so I don't know that she was running a scam. The the paper towel in the silverware makes me think that there just may be a little bit of um. Uh, hyper, hyper cleanliness, um, stuff. And so I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun with this Airbnb thing. This is person five. I, this is stupid. Why did we do this? Why did we do this? Um, so I would love to hear back from you. What do you think? Do you think there was a scam? Do you think that she just kind of got set off and spiraled? Poor thing. If that happened, like I feel terrible for her. Or do you have a third, uh, theory I want to hear. Okay. So let's get on with things. Uh, okay. Uh, now is a great time for me to tell you that we, my control, (laughs) speaking of control issues, um, we've gone one step further in our journey with SCED and have now allowed new patients to start booking. And I know Kirby was talking about it in his episode um, with Tony, that he was getting stuff on his back end going, but we've actually had multiple new patients schedule. I had a couple fears. Um I had a fear that people were gonna be mad we don't submit to insurance and like surprised, mad that they weren't getting adjusted on day one, and just mad that we're a more nervous system focused clinic. But it hasn't been an issue. We have a couple checks and balances in place to make sure that when people are Uh, requesting an appointment that it's kind of repeated in video and in writing like, "Hmm." Um, so it's been great. If you want to see what that looks like, like if you're like, well, what does the request a new uh, patient appointment time slot look like? Uh, I'll have Kirby drop that link below. So you can see specifically Blue Hills Chiropractic's link um, of what that looks like. And yeah, I don't know. It's I talked to my front desk and they're like, it's kind of Awesome. And all of the worries of like, but you connect with people and this and that, and they're like, eh, so far, so good. Um, and then lastly, I want to welcome our new Patreons for the She Slays membership. Courtney Neal um joined at that 1299 level. So that means that she is getting the bonus content from today with my conversation with Jesse Romero. Um, and then she's also gonna get ad-free episodes and what else does she get? She gets something else. Oh, yeah, that's right—a twenty-minute training um, every month. So, welcome to her. And then Haley Murphy. I I almost shortened her name just because, like, I give people. So I almost said Haley Murph but her last name is Murphy. Uh, she joined at that 3 dollars buy me a coffee level, $3.99 people that is there for you to get. First of all, those first 50 episodes that are cataloged and just say, Hey, Lauren, I think we'd be friends and I want to pay to be your friend. That doesn't make sense. Um, hey, Lauren, I appreciate how much time let's try that again. I appreciate how much time this takes. And I am willing to pay less than a dollar an episode to support you because I love you. So thank you, Haley Murph Murphy, but for now you're Haley Murph. Okay. So today's person. All right. Y'all are going to be really shocked at how shocked I am when I'm talking to Jesse Romero today. Uh, she is a ADHD coach for female entrepreneurs. And I've always joked about, do I have ADHD? Highly functioning, of course. Um, and there's multiple things today when I'm talking to her that I'm like, huh, didn't know that was an ADHD thing, I might go from joking to like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give my, I'm a doctor. Can I self-diagnose? Are we allowed to self-diagnose? I mean, you know, I'm not allowed to diagnose patients with ADHD, so I can't really diagnose anything except subluxation. Hmm. Okay. I kind of came full circle and answered. I'm not allowed to, but I'm not seeking medication. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But Jesse Romero is a mom speaker and founder of ADHD female entrepreneurs. Two years ago, she got her ADHD diagnosis and desperately wanted a community of others who could also understand the struggles of business. When you have ADHD, after looking everywhere and not finding it, she decided to start it herself. So now ADHD entrepreneurship is finally being talked about in the online space and her community has grown to over 12,000 women. Jessie helps ADHD entrepreneurs thrive in business by harnessing their uniqueness, molding their business for their ADHD brain, and nailing their sales as an empath. Um, That is something funny that I didn't like go down the rabbit hole with her because I tried not to make the episode about me. Uh, But she talked about how people with ADHD tend to like be really giving and like, almost overly empathic and I wanted to be like, mm, not me. <laughs> like, no, not not me. I do obsess over people's opinions of me. So I don't know if that's we don't know. So anyways, I think you're gonna really like it. So let's pray and then get down to biz. <sighs> let's quiet the brain. Relax the jaw. Connect with the heart. Show up, where are you judging yourself today, my friend? Where are you comparing? As we talk about um, mental health disorders, OCD, ADHD, anxiety, um, let us include, as we make light of things, an abundance of empathy for those that are struggling. Either with or without a diagnosis, I believe we have so many people that are undiagnosed uh, with mental health, and not again, not that they're needing or even seeking medication, but they're just seeking to understand themselves. They feel like there's something wrong with them. That life seems just a little easier for other people. And if you can relate to that, um, I want you to check. Like, where are you? Where are you harshly judging yourself? Where are you not supporting your own journey in growth? And just grant yourself just a little bit of that empathy that you would towards others. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, here's my conversation with Jesse Romero. Enjoy. Okay, so before we jump in, I do you know what the Enneagram is and do you know your Mm -hmm. Enneagram? Oh, thank God. I need to start re-asking this to guess because I am obsessed with the damn Enneagram. And if I don't ask it in the beginning, what ends up happening is, is halfway through the show, uh, this is going to surprise you as somebody with potential ADHD, I just can't help myself. And I end up interrupting and I'm like, I'm sorry do you know what you're
1: going to hear me so what do you
0: think yeah
1: so mine is well I have a complicated relationship with it because I feel like for the longest time I was a four but then when I tried doing it again I got a different one and then I did it again and I got a different one so I'm a bit confused like I don't really know anymore but yeah I think a four still like is like my core I think
0: okay what did you get like the second and third time do you know I think I might have gotten like a three. Which just yeah, totally makes sense because you're probably a four wing three. Yeah. You know the other one was.
1: I think I got, a no, not a one. I think I might have gotten a one where I was like, no, have been a was one. one. Okay. okay, so this actually totally makes sense. Just so okay. you know. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So you're, I think the fact that you got a four and a one, two out of the three times, I think you're in the general direction of
1: correct. You're probably a four. Um, yeah. I'm definitely not a one. I think my, my thing said, like when I'm at my healthiest or yes. something. I one where I'm like, this is true. I like have all my shit together and I'm good, but for the most part, no.
0: Yeah. So is it healthy or unhealthy that they go to ones it's healthy? yeah for my okay, newest- yep. I knew fours and ones were connected um and so like during times of either stress or health, you could go to one and then you've got your wing, which since you started a business helping entrepreneurs, like it makes sense that you would have three in you because threes are very like like that they would start a business oh. with entrepreneurs so Well, good. Okay, good. Now I now I feel like I have at least a basis of conversation. I'm a three wing four, so we're very similar. Okay, cool. Very very similar. Um, Okay, so I don't know much about you. Uh, I just stumbled across your Instagram page, and Mm -hmm. your Instagram page is like the ADHD entrepreneur. Is that what it is? Or female entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, this is me. Like my listeners. Mm -hmm for the last three years, I've just, you know, I kind of joke that kind of joke, but not early joke that like, I'm pretty sure it's, it's there. Um,
1: so what is your background? Um, yeah, so my background was actually in like, so I kind of grew up in the church and then I pursued like ministry. Um, and then I really liked that. And then I was working with um, a nonprofit and like doing youth ministry. And so it was really cool because I really am gifted at teaching. Like I really enjoy teaching and it's easy for me. Um, and so I liked that. But then I, it just had gotten to be too much. And I didn't know at that time it, it was because of my ADHD. And I was like, I was a team leader and I, w- I had like a team that I was leading and I was putting on these events like every, um, like twice a week. And Yeah. So I think I like lost my spark for it. Um, And so I got pregnant. I had a baby. um, And then I was like, yeah, it's not worth going back to work after this maternity leave for me anymore. Like I can't fathom putting my kid in child care to go do that. Um, So I just didn't go back to work. But I also knew that I didn't just want to be a stay at home mom. So I'm like, I think at one point I'm going to get bored and I'm going to want to do my own thing. So I really like started having a desire to like have my own thing. I started seeing some of my friends have businesses and I was like, I really want like my own thing, but I had no idea what my business could be. Um, So I ran across an ad for like how to learn about Facebook ads um and I was always like a huge small business supporter like I was like the person that would leave reviews um and like I just loved supporting small businesses so I'm like this is really cool if I get to do that and help them with their marketing and I always had like a natural knack for marketing um but I didn't pursue it in school because I'm so bad at math um I have dyscalculia which is like kind of like a math dyslexia um so yeah it's it's called dyscalculia it's Kind of, yeah, it's like a math dyslexia. And so my brain does like not compute. (laughs) It gets really complicated with math. Um, So it was like anything that had to do with math in college, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm so bad at math. So honestly, that was like the reason why I did not do marketing because other than that, I wanted to do or like business. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my background. I did a lot of teaching in a lot of different environments. Um. So I tried doing my entrepreneurship like when I first started and it was like a mess. Um, But I also had just had a baby. I was going through postpartum stuff like I was breastfeeding um, and being like a new mom plus a new entrepreneur was like so difficult. Um, But yeah, it wasn't until I was like my ADHD had gotten so bad and I was rewatching myself with my first coaching client I was re-watching like the, the replay of recording of it. Oh, you re-watched it? Uh, yeah, it was my first what one. What's wrong with you? No, you cannot re-watch. That would be terrible. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me see. You are a four. I just want to see the torture. I just want to feel the pain. <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, okay, I had my notebook. I was going to take notes of what I did good, what I did bad, and I was like in utter horror shock seeing myself because I was like, "There's absolutely no way I look like that when I talk, and I do all of that when I talk, and no one has told me like oh, why." I- kind of things. I was like starting sentences never coming back to them. Um, I was cool. like talking everywhere with my hands my eyes were looking everywhere. I barely let my client get a word in. Um, it was all of my listeners are just like, "Uh uh-huh. Sounds like (laughs) Lauren. I feel
0: like that's just charisma and natural behavior. Okay. okay."
1: It was a train wreck. It was so crazy and all over the place. And I was like shouting most of the time. I was like, so I think there was definitely adrenaline going and Yeah, I was like, no, like, I remember watching this and getting like secondhand embarrassment watching myself. (laughs) Um, So like firsthand, but secondhand. And then I literally in that moment, it dawned on me that I'm like, this is not normal. Like, that's not normal. And that's when I remembered back to like a few months um, that I had seen a video on TikTok. And this is like back in twenty. 2020 um, and i saw a video on tiktok of a girl who was just like studying a younger girl and she was like adhd also looks like this and i remember her sitting in her chair perfectly still just like twirling around with her with her ear pods and i was like wait what i thought adhd people are like jumpy little annoying boys right mm-hmm. and i remember reading the comments and so many of the comments were like saying their experience as adhd women And I was like, whoa, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But then of course I just kept scrolling and I was like, oh, cool. cool." (laughs) And I just like, whatever. But in that moment when I was watching myself, like that video came back to my memory and I was like, what if I have ADHD? And that's when I did what every ADHDer does, a Google deep dive. And I went on Google and I researched the heck out of ADHD what ADHD looks like in women, the symptoms. And I was like, there's no way like this is describing me to a T. And so in that moment in my kitchen is when I discovered I had ADHD through Google. And so I decided to learn everything I could about it. Um, And then I got diagnosed with it. Oh, okay, You actually did get diagnosed. Yeah.
0: Um, so can you talk through some of the symptoms that you were like experiencing and like, and specifically for like, you kind of saying like women, but like female adult ADHD, what kind of symptoms does that look like?
1: Yeah. So for, for me, like, I remember there was a long time where I would look up the symptoms for depression. But because I felt so unmotivated, like it was so hard for me to get out of bed and not just in the morning, like I would just like want to be in bed. I just like had no motivation to do things, even though my mind wanted to do them. But my body was like, no. Um, And I would always look up the symptoms for depression and then be like, the only one I relate to is the like hard to get out of bed. But all of the other ones, I'm like, no, that doesn't really apply to me. Um, And it was always frustrating, but it was like a mystery that I'm like, why is it that I'm not motivated to to do things? Um, And I did get a lot of brain fog. um, And I also have PCOS. So I know that a lot of, I I think that like the PCOS made that like exhaustion a bit more prone. Um, But ADHD definitely like the like hard to pay attention to boring things. And- You're boring. Yeah. And what have you seen like the scans? I think um, Dr. Amen has scans about- like when an ADHD brain is bored, the activity in your brain lessens almost equivalent to when someone is sleeping. Like, so boredom is actually like painful for us. Like it's, it's not just like we're, we get bored and we're like, Oh, this sucks. It's like, I'm bored. Like I, it's like agonizing because it gets so like, we just get so sleepy almost. And I remember I would fall asleep in class all the time. Like, And that was, I could never do that at any other, like, if I wanted to take a nap at home, it'd take me forever. If I wanted to go to sleep at night, it would take me forever. But at school, when I was bored, I could knock out so quickly. Um, So yeah, definitely the, like, inattentiveness, um, talking a lot and really fast once I was with someone that was comfortable and also interrupting people with my own stories and then kind of hijacking the conversation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was an ADHD thing, but it is um you're like guilty
0: (laughs) Mm, that's interesting you might be a really great podcast host if you do that I don't know I've heard
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so yeah for me it was definitely like a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing um I just had so much brain fog like I was like I can't remember things like I I would start things Uh, my favorite is the butterfly like in the kitchen if I was going to cook, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get the seasoning. And then all the cabinets are left open. And then I'm like, I should move where I put my, my forks and stuff. Like, let's just move it over here. Or let's, let me just reorganize all of my things, like in the middle of cooking and then burning stuff. And I'm like, why can't I just stick to one thing? Like Uh I start all these little like semi-tasks and like not really finish any. (laughs) Right. So was, okay. I feel like
0: there's, And I don't know, maybe I'm just sensitive, not sensitive to it, but like aware of it because of like my thought process on like, do I, do I not? I also work with a lot of patients that, you know, are similar to me where they're, they're dealing with kids and Ty, I am doing an interview. Go away, go eat. Yeah. Go get screen time. Oh my God, my husband will have to edit that out. Sorry. I should have put, I tried locking the door, but apparently it didn't. Should have put a sign on there. Mom is recording a <laughs> podcast. Leave me alone. Oh, Can I watch TV. That's what she wanted to know. I watch TV. Oh my God.
1: Oh, I read your podcast where you were like, you guys were on the phone for eight hours, like no more screen time. And I was like, yes, I can really. Well, my kid's only three, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you were on the iPad a bit too much. Like we're not doing that. I know. Well, and that's, that's actually a question I have to
0: ask you later. I wrote it down so I didn't forget, but to talk about screens and social media. But my first question is so like, I feel like as a society, we are throwing around ADHD a lot more. And, you know, do you feel like it was easy to get your diagnosis or because I would imagine there's a lot of people who think they might have ADHD who don't they are dealing with a thyroid disorder or they are dealing with depression or they're just not focused and multitask or they're eating junk too much junk food or you know like whatever um was it difficult to get your diagnosis or, cause I've heard some people turned away.
1: Yeah, it definitely was difficult at first. Um, and like, I was like 90% sure I had it. So I just wanted to be like reassured. Um, and the first place I went to, so when I went to go get my diagnosis, it was like early 2020. So like the pandemic had just started. Um, and so every like mental health place was like full. Like they're like, sorry, we're not taking any clients anymore because their books just got so full because everyone was in a crisis. Right. Right. Um, so it was a bit hard to find someone that like was on my insurance list and then someone, oh, and trying to find someone that had that you could know had knowledge on ADHD was so hard. Um, but I did like, I checked through their websites. I read their little, if they had a little blurb about ADHD, like there was one that was checking out, and then I read a little section they had on ADHD, and it said like ADHD um, tends to only affect men, not so much women. And I'm like, eh, definitely not going to that. Like, cross that person off the list. Cause so I'm like, such outdated information. Um, so yeah, I, there's still a lot of pro- providers out there that are should not be trusted right away. Um, so the first person I went to was a psychiatrist, which if you're in the U.S., I don't recommend going to a psychiatrist first because what I've found in my experience and like being in this community and hearing other people's experiences is that they mostly like take care of the um, like meds and or if there's like several diagnoses, um, then it is a bit better to go with them. But yeah, so I talked to this guy. It was a phone consultation. It wasn't even 20 minutes, and he asked me like four questions that were not on the intake form. And then he was like, okay, so we're going to treat you for depression. I'm going to give you these depression meds and I'm going to give you a sleep aid because you said you're having a hard time sleeping and I just need you to take a pregnancy test to make sure that you're not pregnant so you can take these meds. And I was like, whoa, but I made this appointment to get assessed for ADHD. And then he said, he was like, oh, he's like, no, he's like, you know, people think that getting a diagnosis for ADHD is going to be, um, it is going to save all of their problems but that's just not how it works and he said it was going to be like a magic wand and i'm like what i was shot i let my mouth my jaw had dropped when he said this and he's like so we're going to treat you with this and then maybe six months down the road if, if we see it's not working then we can reassess and talk about it and i was like okay thank you very much hung up the call Called back his office and said, please cancel all future appointments with this dude. And then I was like, OK, got to find somebody else. So, yeah, he did not want to, tr- even though I told him I, I may be feeling depression a bit now, but I know it's stemming from my ADHD. Um, and if we get the ADHD like under control, then a lot of these things could go away. Um but I'm so happy I listened to my intuition and I had done my own research because if not, I would have been on really heavy meds that I absolutely did not need. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you really have to first do your research and then like trust yourself. Don't just like take their word for it because you know yourself better than anyone. right? Right. But finding someone that does know what they're doing with ADHD is better. So I would say a psychologist is better. I went the counselor route. There was an ADHD counselor. Um, and so she did a diagnosis on me and it was like, uh, for sure you have ADHD and the inattentive kind, there's a test that like can tell you if you're the hyper kind, the attentive kind or combo. Um, so yeah, so that's okay. how I, then from there I went to a psychiatrist and tried the meds.
0: Okay. So what were some of the things once you got your diagnosis that you like, what tools have you learned that are kind of like your best practices that help you function at your best, um, with this?
1: Yeah. So definitely, um, learning the way my ADHD presents the way my brain is wired was like super important. And it's like the first thing I I recommend people do, Because you can't help yourself unless you know what you're working with. Um, So doing that, I learned so much about my brain and there were so many aha moments. Um, And just like read through so many books and joined all of the ADHD communities, listened to the ADHD podcast. Um, And so then figuring out like, okay, what are my my patterns? What are the things that my brain struggles with? Um, And then what are things that I could do to like help support my brain in that? Um, so first knowing that then was trying out the different hacks and different things that people recommend. Like the, my, the counselor that I first got diagnosed with, she was like, you know, a lot of ADHD people say that to-do lists help them. And the first time I heard her say that, I was like, to-do lists. I'm like, that does not help me. Um like I'm right I have never write done. things
0: on my to-do list that I've already done just so I can cross them off. Yeah, like, yeah it's just for that oh, little that fair. I
1: didn't start my to-do list until two hours into the day. So now I need to <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I do that too. But I remember the first time she told me that I'm like, lady, I'm going to need a little bit more than just a to-do list here. And for months I was like, so against it until I started to try it. And then now I do my, my to-do list. Um, but I will say something that people don't really want to hear is that like what you're feeding yourself really makes a difference. Like nutrition has really made a difference for me. And I was like the most like an un- obvious person like when it came to food um like a lot of my life so that was not an easy change for me what um kind of and it is? like I had to cut out a lot of the gluten a lot of the processed food like a lot of eating out too um and just picking on like healthier things it made such a difference um before I got pregnant I did the whole keto thing before it was so popular as it is now and it did really help me, but actually it didn't make that much of a difference for me, but it's because I was still eating a lot of dairy. And so I also noticed that my body doesn't do so great with dairy. I think this is more so my PCOS. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I cut out gluten and dairy and it was like so much of my ADHD symptoms, like lessened overnight. It was wild. Um, And so it really helped support me. Like now when I'm when I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be bloated because I have a lot to do later and I don't want to be sluggish. So I found out that the whole, like, after you eat being like, Oh, I just want to lay it down now. I found out that that was not a normal feeling. Like I thought that happens <laughs> to after every meal turns out that's not a normal thing. <laughs> so, Oh my gosh. And I feel like, you know, it's so
0: funny because when you're in something like that, and you're just going through life, it's just so easy to be like, isn't that what everybody does? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's where it's so, you know, and you're like, no, no, it's not. And so like, just even hearing you talk about like some of your symptoms and stuff, I'm like, oh, but girl, everybody does that. Like, because wow. um, okay, so then how did you start working with ADHD specific entrepreneurs? Like what are some, yeah, answer that question first.
1: Yeah. So I did my entrepreneurship. I think it was like almost a year that I did it full on without knowing I had ADHD and like completely not really getting much. Um, and it was so frustrating because I really felt like I was trying my hardest and I had invested in programs and coaches and I was doing like their strategies to a T and like not getting the same results. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm just not made out for this. Right. And I was really like um, frustrated with my journey up to that point. So when I got my ADHD diagnosis, I was like, oh, this is why I've had such a hard time with my entrepreneurship. Um, and so that's when I was like, okay, if I want to like help support myself as a business owner and, I, and I'm really tired of just like not getting to where I want in my business, I took like a three month hiatus. <laughs> Um and I was like, I'm just gonna learn everything I can about ADHD. And then I then I started looking at like all of the business education that's being taught out, and I started trying to like see it under the scope of ADHD, like how can I tweak some of these strategies for my ADHD brain? And this was like my my teacher education, like mm-hmm. gifting that came into that. And it was wild because I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, so if we just tweak this, if we just change this, then then it makes it so much easier. Um, So that's what I did. And I was really craving a community of other people that have like, you know, similar struggles, same brain as me. And so when I went onto Facebook to find that, I found nothing. Like there was like one or two ADHD entrepreneur groups and they were like so dead, like no one had posted in months. And I was like, no, I really need like a community of other people. I know I can't be the only one. So I had started Facebook groups before for other clients and like really help them grow it. So I knew how to do that. Um, And I still took a course on like how to grow your Facebook group and how to create one. And so I was like, I'm just gonna start a Facebook group. And so I started ADHD female entrepreneurs community um, back in 2020. And like within a month or two, there was already 500 members and it just kept growing massively quickly, um, quicker than I could actually handle. And it was really cool. And people were like, oh my God, where has this been my whole life? And I'm like, I know I just, I had to make it happen. Um, so at that point it was really cool because what I had discovered was that a lot of the clients I had to work with before all ended up having ADHD as well. And I just, we all didn't know it. Um, so I had already been kind of helping ADHD entrepreneurs, but that's when I was like, this is my niche. Like I'm learning what I can, applying it to myself. And then I'm, I'm going to teach other people because I started looking for an ADHD business coach. I'm like, this is what I don't, I need. I don't just need a business, coach. I need someone who gets my brain and can help me through those struggles. I couldn't find that. Like, it was so hard to find someone with that title. I tried all the keywords and I found like two people that like somewhat did that, but it wasn't like the only thing they did. So I was like, ah. Oh. so I just like sought out to be that person, um, for other people. And yeah, that's where I'm at now. So what are some of the
0: unique struggles that a ADHD entrepreneur deals with?
1: Yeah, um, so we're really good at ideas. It's like doing something with those ideas and making them come to life and then not just like making them come to life, but actually sticking through with it is very hard. Um, Also the like juggling all of the different parts of running a business, like the marketing, the like sales, the customer service, the new ideas, the content, like there's so many hats you have to wear. Um, And that gets really overwhelming for ADHD. I mean, for anybody, but an ADHD entrepreneur really struggles with that. And then like knowing where to focus on because we, we tend to be the ones who want to do it all. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you
0: all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind-the-scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back-to-back, with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes
1: to check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. Um, And then we realized that like, Oh, I've bit off way more than I can chew. Um, So that's,
0: that's an aspect too, of the like needing control.
1: Yeah, we definitely want to have a lot of control and like, and even like hiring people is a really hard thing. Um, like giving off control, and then like if it's not done my way, then it's not done the right way. And how do I trust people that are going to do it the right way? Like it, it's so much easier for me. I'll just do it myself. It's always a thing that I run into. Like it's just if I hire someone, then I have to train them, and then I have to teach them, and then like I'll just do it myself. And then we end up just doing it ourselves for years and not really growing our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is definitely one one struggle that I I saw that a lot of entrepreneurs have. Um, and then the, be the like wanting, wanting to give discounts, wanting to give it away for free or not how wanting How is to that? So, interesting. so like, how is that an ADHD thing? Yeah, because we are, we tend to be very empathetic. Um, so we tend to just want to give. And because this is like our passion, it's easy for us to be like, oh, it's okay. Um, but it ends up hurting us because then people like, step over boundaries, or then we don't feel fulfilled, or then we have the bills that are still approaching and we don't have how to pay for them. Um, so working on the sales is a huge thing I work with on my clients. Um, we almost always have to like, I'm like, you are so underpricing this. And this is why you're getting people that are like nightmare clients. Um, so yeah, that is a big one that I work with, especially I would say for the ADHD women, I feel like the women struggle with this a bit more than the guys do. Interesting
0: that is i've never heard like empathy being linked with adhd i've almost um i feel like i've almost like always assumed the opposite that like they're more self-absorbed and, and not empathetic but
1: nope this is this is the way people perceive us because it's like well you never call me or you never text me back like yourself. Oh, that, that also <laughs> People will say that because we forget to call people like if we don't see them, we'll forget that they exist, but, but we don't actually, we still love them. Right. So it can come across as selfish or self-centered, but it's like not rooted in that at all. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. We, and tell me if this is not true for you, it's so much easier for us to do things for other people than it is to do it for ourselves. Like so much easier to do it for some, if someone else says, Lauren, I need your help with this. He was like, okay, I will do that. But then if you're like, I need to do this for myself, you're like, ah, I'll just do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We pull for people harder than we do for ourselves sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what
0: are, you went through some of the like biggest issues. What are some of the key pieces of, of advice that you find yourself repeatedly giving to your entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, um, I would say molding your business for your brain, your capacity, your personality is so important Um, because if we take in what we're learning from other people that are not us or don't get how we are, then their strategies only work to a certain point. Um, And this happens a lot where people are like, well, I see so-and-so has their pricing set up this way. So that means I should just do mine that way. And it's like, well, no, like what makes it, what makes it feel right for you? What's aligned? What do you really hate? Um, And like being bold enough to be like, I'm doing things differently. Cause like we're the CEO, like we get to decide how we want to run our business. And also like people, people know that like when they're stepping into your business, like it's your business. So if you say, I don't want to work on Mondays then you don't work on Mondays and that's it. Right. And people who really hate that will just find somebody else. And people who really love you will not mind it. Mm -hmm. Um, so really being bold enough to like make differences. And this can be extra scary when the industry standard is very different, when everyone else is doing it a different way. And you feel like that way is so hard for you and you hate it really being like, okay, this is going to be so much easier for my brain, though. Um, and so really asking yourself, what is really hard about your business? Like, what do you really hate? What just does not align with you? And like, how can you make it work more towards like your flow? Like what feels natural for you? Um, and then really just being bold enough to like do it that way. Um, I, I like, this is a quote I like to say a lot is that a lot of people have are running and have set up their businesses for a neurotypical to run, but not for them to run. And because they're trying to run it or trying to do it in the way that they're seeing other people do it, when it's like, you have an ADHD brain. So how are we making your brain molded to that and to fit your needs? So that way it's sustainable for you because people don't give their brain a fighting chance. Like, of course, your brain was never going to wake up at five in the morning every single day to work on your marketing. Like, why did you even think that was, that was going to be doable? Why is that not an ADHD
0: doable thing?
1: Because that's so boring. Like in the mornings, like we need something engaging and depending on the person, some people are morning people, other people are not right. Um, that has nothing to do with ADHD, but, but yeah, like you have to find something that goes with your patterns. If you're a night person who says you can't work on your business up until the middle of the night or 3am in the morning. Like I have so many ADHD clients that like they're, they're, big work day is at night because that's when their brain is most turned on and most creative and most to do things. Um, like go with the flow, go with what feels right for you. Um, yeah, that's, that's something that I'm constantly saying to people. Uh, and then it's, then it's like finding the things that work for you, like having those little hacks, like, um, you know, having like to-do list reminders, having things on your phone to remind you of things. Um, having something to play with at my desk. Like I have so many fidget toys on my desk that I just keep to like stimulate me, um, taking care of your health, like the drinking water, like the actually feeding myself. Cause I can go hours without eating and not realizing it, like having little systems like that, that really support my brain so that it could perform the way I want it to perform.
0: How do you um, assist your clients with the idea generation machine?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so it this is a big forte of us. Like we're so good at creating ideas. Um, I, come up, I come up with ideas for
0: other businesses who yeah. didn't me. Like I've yeah. literally been while ordering a hot dog at a hot dog stand told them that if they just you rearranged their food truck they could have people order here
1: and pick up there and <laughs> i thought it was a good idea that's how I that's how I kind of started off like before I became an entrepreneur I was doing that for like restaurants for any any friends that had businesses like it was like unsolicited genius advice that when they applied it they're like hey you know what you told me last time what's working now I'm like I knew it would um literally how this podcast started is I
0: used to coach Um, like for a group. And I used to like, come up with ideas to help people solve problems. And then I stopped coaching with them. And I was like, I really miss like giving people my ideas. And so I started a podcast so people could write in and say, I have a problem. And I could give
1: solicited ideas. Solicited. (laughs) That's awesome. Dang. Yeah, that's cool. Anyways, I I, like, how do we make that manageable though in a setting? Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is like, you have to know that you're going to come up with really amazing ideas, but you have to know that not all ideas are worth actually pursuing. Um, And so the question is always uh, first, the question is like, okay, are you trying to pursue this idea because you're just bored (laughs) because you just need something new and exciting because our brain craves novelty. Um, So if you are craving something new and exciting, then that's good to know you can find that in a different avenue versus doing all this research doing all this thing like pivoting your niche because you just got a bit bored and then once that excitement goes away you're back to square one and you're like i don't I actually don't want to do that um because then the dopamine wears off so yeah really like finding with your ideas like finding which ones are worth pursuing um And then it's like, okay, what does this, what does it actually look like for you to pursue this? What are you going to need? And like making some like brain dump list of that and then tackling it little by little and seeing like who, who can help you with some of this. Like if you're not an expert in that, you're going to need to learn from this person. Um, So yeah, I, I would say it's always going back to the like brain dumping everything, seeing which ones actually um fit and like are aligned to you right like if I'm like I want to start a circus why not like that is just like super not aligned to me at all like I'm just bored and it that sounds like so crazy <laughs> um that my brain's like yeah let's do it you know like finding something that's aligned to you it doesn't have to be the same industry it can look completely different, uh-huh. yeah. but it still has to be aligned to like some of your core like um belief systems you know like something that still matches that um so yeah i would say those are my tips for like what to do with those ideas but definitely like figuring out which ones are actually going to work which ones are aligned when which ones are just a dopamine chase like you're just chasing dopamine at that point
0: what about communication advice for like when you do have a team
1: mm, yeah Yeah, this one can be hard for us because it just takes more effort. Um, And we also like if we're not careful, we just like assume that people know what we mean or assume that people do it the same way we do. Um, But yeah, we definitely have to communicate. I also find that we have these conversations in our head of what we want to tell someone. And then we don't actually do it. But then in our mind, we think we had that conversation already. Um, And we're like, oh, wait, no, actually, I was just thinking about doing it. Um, So, yeah, I would say having like really open communication with your team, like telling them um, like this is something I do with all my clients. Like like my, my team knows that if you want me to do something in two days, I have to be reminded of it. And if I don't get a reminder, then don't expect me to do it. So that's on you. If you didn't remind me, that I on
0: you. feel like such an ass hat though, being like, you're the boss, like you remember. And I'm like, no, you guys,
1: it's hard Yeah. For me. Yeah, no. Like this is, and the thing is that with at least with my team, I'm like, like they know that they're there to support you. So I'm like, and I always say, like, not like this is what you need to do, but like this is a way to support me and my brain. And like, you know how good I am, what I what I do. And if you want to help me, this is the way that you can help me. And I just have, I just call these processes. Like I just have these processes built in. um, So they know it's better on their part because they know how to support you. Like they know how to get what they need because you've been open and you've communicated those in the beginning. Um, But yeah, having that communication is so, so key. I would say just like finding time to do it. Like if you haven't, you can have a team meeting every so often and writing notes before that, like anytime something pops up in your head, like writing it down, because if not, when the team meeting starts, you're like, so what should we talk about? You know, even though you've had a million ideas before that day, um, so writing it down is really important, but people need to be communicated. Like this is when we, when we can be, we can come off as jerks when we don't communicate things. Right. Um, and that, that can be hard for us because a lot of us have haven't felt like we haven't been heard a lot of our life. We felt like we've been too much. Um, A lot of us that are empathetic just feel like, Oh, it's okay. Like I don't mind it when you really do. Um, So it's really like knowing like, okay, it's important for me to like get this out there and then having really clear boundaries too.
0: Um, What kind of boundaries are you, what do you mean?
1: Yeah. I have a lot of boundaries with, with my business and a lot of it is, figuring out like what triggers me and how does it make me feel in my body? You know, like we have to really like listen to our body. Um, So I have boundaries like with my, like with some of my team, like there's certain hours of the day that they can't reach me Um, and they can message me, but don't expect. And I have these with my clients too. I'm like, you have Monday through Friday um, access to me, but after five, you can still message me, but I'm not going to get back to you until maybe 10 the next day. Um, and having those really clear boundaries too, or when someone, something is out of my scope, you know, like just being really clear about it. Like that's not something that I is in my scope. So go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I, I find that because I work with ADHD entrepreneurs, I had to have really clear boundaries because a lot of us, like we don't notice it. Um, and even normal, like humans in general are going to like, take, take, take until you tell them no, right? So, you there has to be like a clear communication there. So, yeah, some of mine are like my hours. Um, some of the things I talk about on my social media, like, I'm I don't really talk about politics or things like that because that's just my boundary. Um, I don't let people like talk like ridiculous things in my comments or even my DMs, like, I'll just delete them, block them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's important to know, like, what are some of your boundaries? What are some of the things that make you like really go, Oh no, I did not like that. And having those like in place in your contracts as th- that first meeting, you like communicate those things to them. Um, this is something, uh, I think I mentioned to you, but I have a chiropractor that I go to that yeah. I've been going to for years. Um, and my sister actually, um, works there. And so I have a really good relationship with my Cairo and she has ADHD and she is like incredible. Um, Can you say her name? Maybe she listens to the show. Yeah. I I have to text her and be like, Oh my gosh, you're not gonna believe it. Yeah. Her name's Megan from adjust Katie. Um, She's amazing. Like, I've been with her for, for years and I've seen her business grow. And of course, because I'm just like you, where I'm giving unsolicited business advice, (laughs) um, there's so many times where I'm like, Megan, like, why are you not selling people all of these products behind you? Like, and she's like, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like people are going to think that I'm just trying to sell to them. And I'm like, no, people come here they bring you their babies. Like they trust you. If you tell them that they need that, then they're going to be like, okay, give me some. And I'm like, it's serving. You're serving people more. And so, yeah, there's just so many things that we've, we've chatted about and her business has grown so much now. Like it is so wild, but it's been really cool to see like how her ADHD shows up in her, in her practice as a Cairo, because she's very empathetic. Um, and okay, wait. I have a question for you because and some of the listeners, like I've met other kairos before, and when I say this to them, they well, it was really just this one guy who was like, You're lying. But my Cairo, like, she has this like power of sensing things. Like, as mm-hmm. soon as I walk in through the door, she like senses, she's like, What's wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, What? But also she has like cool superpowers where as soon as, as soon as I walk in, she already knows what she's going to adjust. Like, I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, are you, have your shoulders been, I'm like, yes. she's like, yeah, I can tell. I'm like, I haven't even sat down yet. And she's already like knows where she's adjusting me. Um, and then there's sometimes where she's adjusting me and I just get like, Oh, I just feel like so relaxed and I just get sleepy. And so she'll be in the middle of adjusting me and I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm so sleepy now. And she'll go, woo, I just got so sleepy right now. And I'll be like, yeah, that's because I just got sleepy. She's like, did you? She's like, okay, that's, so she just like senses. It's so cool. Well,
0: you, it sounds like you're going to, um, a chiropractor who's definitely more tapped into their intuition and like being really present with you. So like chiropractors move energy. We sense tone Uh in the nervous system, you know, like we are vibrational beings. Okay. And so like a, even the most, I don't want to say basic chiropractor, um, even a chiropractor who doesn't realize that they're being intuitive, when you lie down and they touch your back, what they're doing is they're sensing tone. Now, yeah. as you can as you start to like focus your art and your your skill set, you can start to really. Really connect with the person's tone and their vibration and what's going on, whether they're in this like hyper state, the stress state, or a more calm, sleepy state. And then, like, ultimately, like, you know, then you can just go from there of like realizing that you don't even have to lay hands on to sense that. And like, so, you know, there's all these different layers where I think some people are more gifted and some people have worked it more, but like, it sounds like she's really either worked her yeah. ability to practice away from j- even just simply laying hands on to like even more than that. That's cool. That's
1: really yeah, cool. She's like really intuitive. Like she just feels it. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like that is so stinking cool. Well, and so it's weird because it's, that's something that
0: semi started with me. So like as a chiropractor, there's, there's, um, there's this uh, magic trick we can do. Um, It's not really magic at all. By like connecting, like by just knowing the anatomical map of the body, we can get a lot of information. So for instance, if I'm adjusting your back, there's a couple vertebrae in the middle of your back that are really linked to like heartburn, okay? So if I've adjusted you 25 times before, 50 times before, and you come in and I notice like, this one is not normal for Jesse. I mean, yeah. you get heartburn, and it freaks patients out. They're like, "How did you know that?" Oh and I'm like, "Oh, your T5 is out. Like, that's not normal for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, or like." Um, you know, L3 is a really big one. It's in your low back, a big one linked with like reproductive stuff. And so if I've been seeing you a lot, and I just know that's not your like chronic pain or chronic subluxation pattern, I may go like, you menstruating? And you'd be like, how? Like, And i will be like, this is you're l so, so like yeah. that was happening for a long time. But in the last couple of years, bigger things started coming through with like energy transfers like where i was like i can um sense a lot of like pregnancies where like wow. and more recently i was just like with a patient i was like are you pregnant and they're like i don't think so and i'm like i think you could be pregnant, you should you take pregnant? A guess. yeah and then like i saw her two weeks later and she's like you will never guess i'm like you're pregnant um, <laughs> so like but, yeah so like just because we're working with our hands and touching people, like yeah
1: do. so it's so amazing I love the work that you guys do it's freaking awesome so I think
0: um I think we have issues so I'm glad you're out there helping us make our businesses
1: great so be better <laughs> leaders. um Jesse, tell people where they can find more of you yeah of course so I'm pretty active on my Instagram if you guys are on Instagram so you can find me at ADHD female entrepreneurs I know that's long but um, I'm on there and I put out a lot of free content and useful tips for you guys. Um, but you could go to my website, which is also ADHD, Um, I do have a free Facebook group for the women. Um, and there's about like 12,000 women in there. So it's pretty active, pretty huge. Um, and it's so supportive. There's lots of chiros in there too. Um, so you won't be alone. Um, but yeah, it is really amazing. So that's, uh, some of the tools that I have and then I do currently have a group program going. Um, it's called the Squirrelpreneurs Academy. And so after working with like 360 plus ADHD entrepreneurs, I found that there was like these four core things that I started working with them through that that is really what unlocked a, a lot of their results. Um, and so those four things are like working through like the mindset and like really adapting a CEO mindset and what that looks like. Um, and then working through like some of the business foundations, like getting really clear on like your niche, your purpose, um, how you're packaging your uniqueness and some of that stuff. And then it's your ADHD workflow, like how are you setting up your day? How are you setting yourself up? What tools are you using? What like systems are like project management systems on technology are you using to help you? So we'll work through that. And then lastly, it's um, the sales and the marketing. And I do a lot of like empath talk of like how to do sales as an empath and how to structure your marketing towards that. And like, what feels right? What doesn't feel right? So those are the four core things that I'm working through in my program. Um, But yeah, I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love a DM if you found anything that I said um, useful and tell me what your biggest takeaway was. That's always fun. So yeah, that's what I have. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we have all the links in the show notes below and stuff. So
0: thank you so much, Jesse. All right, She Slayers, um, reminder that if you are in a Patreon, um, we, you will get bonus content that we're signing off with the rest of people, but I'm going to stick on with Jesse for a little bit and do a speed round. Um, so until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer, don't wait.